If you've ever struggled the daily grind of making and keeping track of work orders, you have to check out EasyBeasy. EasyBeasy is easy to use, easy to learn, affordable work order and time clock app with unlimited users included with every subscription. Make and edit work orders anytime, anywhere you're working, at your desk, in your truck, on the job site, even on your couch. With EasyBeasy, you can easily copy work orders to use over and over, which is great for mowing and plowing. You can also keep track of employee timesheets, contact your customers, add notes, instructions, even pictures of your jobs. EasyBeasy works on Android and Apple devices or any tablet or computer. EasyBeasy also has a wide variety of reports so you can have all the info you need for billing right from your phone. Say goodbye to paying for extra users because everyone gets unlimited users on EasyBeasy. Try EasyBeasy for free for 30 days. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up. EasyBeasy is a simple work order and time clock app for mow crews, hardscape crews, and everything in between. Start saving time and money with EasyBeasy. Visit easybeasy.app forward slash MDL to sign up today. We want to take a quick second to tell you about our friends over at Cycle CPA. I can't even express to you how important it is to have a good accountant on your side. You know you want accurate bookkeeping and financial statements every month. Instead, you're often left with limited time to focus on the accounting side of your business and no reports to show for it. At Cycle CPA, the landscaping accountants, they not only handle the bookkeeping, but also provide landscape industry benchmarking, job costing, financials by service line, advisory meetings, and much more. Cycle CPA has a team of landscaping accountants available to provide anything from bookkeeping to CFO services. Visit CycleCPA.com and for $100 off, mention the Million Dollar Landscaper podcast. Welcome back to the Millionaire Landscaper Podcast. Today, I'm very excited to bring on a very special guest. His name's Ezra McCarthy. He is from Texas, and he has a, a very unique story, and I'm excited to bring it to you today. Ezra started in the landscaping industry, and he has now developed a web design company. So welcome, Ezra. Thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks, Scott. It's sure good to be here. So Ezra, would you mind sharing with everybody you know, how you got started in the, the green industry? Because I think it's a very interesting story that you have. And then how it turned into a web design company. Sure. It started back in 2021 when we moved to Greenville, Texas. We were pastoring then and we still are now. And I needed a way to support my family with everything that was going on. And so I had started a business when I was in my previous pastorate doing painting. And I had used the lead services that just what everyone does. And I had spent a lot of money without getting any results. And I found my way to digital marketing and doing that. So when I started my lawn care company called Maple Leaf Blowing out of Greenville, Texas, from the very first, we designed a website. We had the Google business reviews we began to gather. And that just really pushed us along. And in three months, we were at the top of the Google map pack. And that's when we began to be able to choose our customers instead of some of those first ones. I remember on my website, I tell the story of... Uh, Literally, I, I didn't realize how often you need to sharpen your mower blades. So for the first two or three months, I didn't sharpen it. And if you can imagine how that went. And some of these jobs I was taking, you know, I was taking just about everything, you know, I needed the work. And I went from zero to 6,000 in four months. But one of those I took, it was like mowing the sides of this guy coming in a long driveway. And it was like, he needed a baler, but it was too rough. And so I mowed it. But the problem is I had a T-post for those. It's just a long, uh, you know, metal thing you stick in the ground for a fence and i didn't know enough i didn't even have a spare blade so i had to go buy them 
and then I had to sharpen the ones I had left. So you can imagine, you know, I had a lot to learn, but I really enjoyed it. And I began to get better clients and avoid those as time went on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's hilarious. Yeah, it's always a rough thing when you take on customers and do jobs that you don't really want to do, but you need that money. And I think many of us have been there. I know I've been there. My dad, our business has been there as, as well. So it's always interesting. And I, I see this many times in, in people in our programs. They, they start off at like doing a little bit of everything and then they kind of niche down and fine tune what they want to do. So that's awesome. That's what you did as well. Mm-hmm. So. Ezra, I'm excited to uh, chat with you a little bit today about um, storytelling. And it's something that you and I've talked about before is how you have found storytelling has helped landscapers get more clients. And I'd, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and how you've applied that to your business and to your, your web design firm. Sure. I guess I'll back up even before lawn care and tell a story, a true story about when I was younger, my brother was going to go, I think, we did it a couple times. One time he went to the Dominican Republic on a mission trip. Another time he went on a high school program. And uh, we would go and sell these chocolate bars or chocolate covered almonds for like 2 $3 a piece. And we go door to door. And at this time, I was like eight or nine years old. And I remember one time I went up to this house and my mom would drive with us. So she, she was right there. We were safe. But we would go and for hours we would, you know, sell these chocolates. So I remember knocking on door. I'm just eight or nine and most kids, you can't help it. You're just a cute little kid. So I knock on the door. I sell the lady a couple of chocolates and I leave. And my sister says, hey, I was just at that house and I already sold them chocolates. <laughs> and I laugh. <laughs> but, you know, just going up, telling the story, hey, we're fundraising for my brother to go on this trip. And the, the story, were the chocolates worth it? They were good. I, I ate some. But it was really <laughs> the story that sold the product. And as a landscaper, only Maple Leaf Moyne, when I go to people, Sometimes I'd show up and uh, I would take my, my two-year-old at the time, my son, leave with me and we'd pull up to a house and I'd get him out and I had like a red uniform, red shirt, and then I, I usually wear just like khaki pants and, you know, as clean as you can be for the most part doing lawn care and I'd show up and I'd go and talk to him. I'm telling a story when I get out of that truck in a uniform. I'm telling a story when I show up looking clean cut. I'm telling a story when I go and take my two-year-old out of the back seat. And you know what? Conversely, when that other, your competition pulls up in a raggedy truck, sleeveless shirt, cigar hanging out, cigarette probably, (laughs) hanging out of their mouth, they're also telling a story. Because when they think, okay, am I going to want this person in my backyard every week? They're not thinking, okay, is this guy a dollar or two or even $10 more? Price goes out the window when you have a good story and a true one. Because if it's not, people are going to smell that and run. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. I think presentation is definitely, definitely very important. And I love how you say it is party story, which it really is. That's, that's interesting. Never thought about it that way. Because people don't buy products, they buy stories. It's yeah. maybe a story. They're either the story you're telling yourself. Um, now, have some of your clients use this same principle through, through their web design stuff? And how do you go about doing that and expressing your story in a, on a website? Well, that's why I believe on every single website, you should have an R story page. Even if you are a large company, someone who does this well is Corey Ballard with perfect cuts, but more so with the Ballard products. If you go on his website, he has a nicely embedded YouTube video with he and his wife telling about how they got started, about their products, etc. And it draws you in. In some parts, it has a few of his employees in there. And all these things build connection because as the old saying goes, people want to know, like, and trust you. And I've been on several like I, I've typed in literally best web designers in Boise or Dallas, large cities, London. And I go on there. 
I go throughout the whole website and I can hardly figure out who I'm even working with, literally. And there's no connection. And it's like, okay, am I working with someone that really lives here? Is this someone in India? Which, not that I care, but I want to have some sort of trust. And as a lawn care company, you want there to be a connection because at that point, price is no longer an objection. That's very true. And, and I think that's part of that, that, like you said, draws it in, especially if you see, you know, your, your two-year-old with you, that's, oh, he's a family person and, you know, it's very relatable. And I think that's the whole part of that. Isn't that correct with the storytelling? Yeah. And that's, it, it's building trust or whatever, mm -hmm. as a landscaper, if you pull up and you may do the best work in the whole city, but if they don't feel that connection, if they don't feel that you do, it doesn't matter because you're never going to have the opportunity to show that customer. Have you ever had a uh, customer talk to you about, you know, seeing that on your website to make you like, oh, that's, you know, smart that I've done that. Is that, is that something that you found or other landscapers? So far, I've, I've not necessarily heard that. But one thing combining with that building social proof is the reviews. A story about that, and I think we'll get into that later, is I literally had someone call and this was right when I was moving. We moved at the end of May and they said, hey, uh, I have this problem. Can you come mow this? I, I tried at first just to refer him away. I didn't even say I was moving. I just said, hey, I'm busy. Here's another guy, Jose. Uh, can I recommend J&M Landscaping and Lawn Care? And they said, hey, I, I really want to work with you. I said, hey, I, you know, I'm really busy. I appreciate that. Can I refer you away? And I tried several times. They finally said, okay, <laughs> why, why do you want to work with us? They said, hey, we've read your reviews and we want to work with you. So I think that combined with the power of online reviews is what makes a difference until it's not you're calling up people trying to beg to work with them over time. You're going to be able to pick and choose your clientele. So you're not like I was in the first couple of months taking those properties that really need a bailer <laughs> instead of a lawnmower. <laughs> I agree. The, the reviews is a huge thing. And I think you have a very interesting story, which you touched on a little bit earlier of how you started getting more reviews and, and able to do that. You mind sharing, you know, how you found that the reviews helped you and, and how to go about getting reviews and everything? Yeah. So I found the power reviews. It started in my painting company and there where I was, there was a lot of high quality painting, premium painting. And that's how I tried to build myself because I realized, okay, I don't have time to be chasing everything. So I priced myself accordingly and then I served them well. And when I realized it was, I scored, it was like a $25,000 painting contract. And I made over $12,000 in 12 days. By the way, it was two of us for the most of it. I think over $1,000 a day profit on that. And basically, I don't even know that they got a second quote. Maybe they did, but I have a feeling they didn't. And when after that, I realized, okay, wow, this is working. And because I saw that, just even one or two, the more reviews I got, the more leads I got, the better quality leads I got, and the less selling that I had to do. So when we moved and I started my lawn care company, literally before you ever start a lawn care business, there's two things that you need. Not a lawnmower, not even a weed eater. You need a Google business profile and you need a website. And then you need to be, start gathering reviews like your business depends on it because here's the secret. It does. Literally, and, and let me back up. It wasn't $6,000. It was 5000 around 5975 So it's 20 some short. But almost in four months, I went from zero to $6,000 a month just through the power of reviews. And I, I sent you a text of a young man named Jose. And if you type in Lawn Care Greenville, Texas, and we did this the other day, Scott and I, and the first one that's going to come up is probably his now 
because I haven't been there in six months and I haven't been getting any reviews, but his business, I just texted him last night for an update. When I met him, I think it was in January, February when I was looking to move, he had, I think, four Google reviews and I don't know, maybe had 20 or 30 customers. He was just doing it with, uh, I, it wasn't his father. I think it was his a friend and I'd have to I'd double check with him, but he had a, a nice small business, but I just texted him for an update and let me look real quick to get the exact wording. I think he said it was $175,000 this year, pardon me, 70 this year so far he got. And a lot of that was, or some of that he's worked very, very hard, but the power of their reviews was what really propelled him to begin to get those larger landscape jobs and also the customers. One thing I'd like to throw in here, Ezra, is I'd love for you to share how old is this person or, you know, and what grade is he in? Because he's in high school, correct? Jose is a junior in high school. I believe he's 17. To me, that's amazing. That just shows like this, this kid who's, you know, just getting started is able to propel his business to $170,000 per year by using Google reviews. That's freaking amazing. So for everybody out there listening, that's been doing this for a while, why aren't you doing this? You know, if a, a high schooler can do this, why can't you do it? And that's one of the first things that we need to recognize is how could I achieve this? You need to first recognize the value because if you don't recognize the value in them, you're not going to work hard because it does take work to begin to gather those and especially lots and it does take time. So first recognize value and two, begin to put systems in place to gather them. And in my opinion, it's best in person. And if you say, Hey, I know I'm not going to ask people that's understandable. So, okay, what can we automate? What can we begin to try to gather them? And if nothing else, I literally recommend people put a reminder on your phone every day, have it come up at nine, 10 in the morning, send out one review request today. Now, if they don't leave it, that's okay. But if you say, man, I'm not going to do that once a week, something, because literally that's like piling this table high with cash and lighting it on fire, because that's what you're doing if you're not using this great tool. Now, Ezra, I just want to be clear. You're, you're talking about getting people to do the reviews on Google Business Profile. Is that correct? That is the best, but there are also other platforms you can as well. Facebook reviews, I don't think are as, as valuable, but they are. And there's a couple others, but yes, predominantly Google reviews are the most valuable. And one of the reasons is that is one of the main factors that affects your Google Business Profile ranking. That affects where you place on maps and it will also conversely affect your website ranking. So this popped in my head. Years ago, I was in a uh, accountability group for landscapers, and one of the members that was in there, and I don't remember his name now, when he would go out to do initial estimate for somebody, and this guy was mainly a tree company, one of the first things he would ask the person is, and he would let the person know up front before he would even start the job, before he bid the job, he would say, you know, I, I ask you, ask all my customers to do two things for me. When we finish the job, everything looks great. Everything's, you're happy with everything. I ask that you give us a review and I ask for a, a recommendation to anybody else that you know that could use our services. So that's what how he started the conversation with all his potential customers. And I think that was kind of smart because he's leading up to like asking the person for a review, you know, as long as they're happy and everything at the end. I think that was kind of a smart way. And this was, shoot, I don't know, this is probably... 10, 15 years ago before when I was in this accountability group. And I think it's it was smart back then and now really looking back at it. And this just kind of triggered my, my memory with this. I think it's smart. And it, these Google reviews are just so, so vital. And I think it's underutilized in the landscape industry. Oh, it is. And that's why I got into it. I remember I was I listened to a podcast about marketing and, and they were talking about 
the market is saturated for marketers. And I disagree. Like there is so many people that just don't know this simple stuff that I'm talking about. An example is literally just like you were talking about. I wouldn't tell them, but I would go into every job thinking, how can I serve them? And so when this job is done, when I ask for that review, that there are just tickled pink to give it. I'll give you an example. Uh, I was doing a paying job for a, a older lady and I, I saw another business do this called a wow one day painting. And I thought, okay, I'm going to try this. And so I, I finished the job. The job looked good. I went out and I bought flowers for this lady and she was an older lady and also a card. And I just wrote in there, Hey, I forget her name. Thanks. So-and-so we sure appreciated working for you. If you ever need anything, let me know. And I left those flowers in a vase. It cost me, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks. I mean, the jaw was a couple grand and you know, that's nothing. So I left it there. And you know what? If that lady ever needs painting again, is she going to go and say, you know what? I wonder who's the cheapest around. Is she going to say, you know what? I wonder who, who can I get quickest? No, she's going to say, man. And, and she sent me this text. She was so thrilled. You know, I was just being kind and to a lady that meant a lot. And so just if she ever needs it, she's not going to look very well. I think that that's very smart and very wise of you to to do that. And then the gifts go a long way. And I, I think one thing I always tell people too is to to do handwritten thank you cards. And I, I've heard people doing that different ways. I didn't do it, but I've heard people say they do a handwritten thank you note. But on the backside, they would have a QR code that they can direct them to for their Google review. I thought that was kind of smart too. You know, that, hey, if you give mine take a picture, you can, you know, use that QR code and back the thank you letter, leave us a review, would, you know, really appreciate it. I think that's, to me, it was a, a pretty interesting strategy. Do you have any other ideas or any other strategies that you recommend landscapers do to collect these reviews? 100%. You need to reduce friction at every single possible point. So I recommend if it's a landscaping as far as like flower beds, if you're doing pavers, any of those things, normally at the end of uh, jobs like that, you would do a walkthrough, or at least I would with the customer and say, is everything like you thought? And is there anything we missed that we can take care of before we leave? And they're normally, oh, thank you so much. This is great. And then I'd say, oh, Mrs. Smith, it was great working for you. Then I have three questions I asked them. I say, and I'll just ask you then, Scott, Scott, to shop on Amazon. Yep, yep, absolutely. Okay, if there's no reviews, do you buy it? Probably not, no. And I would ask Mrs. Smith those two questions. And most everyone says, yes, I shop on Amazon. And most everyone says, no, I don't buy it if there's no reviews. And then I say, hey, can I send you a link right now? And you just have to click it. It takes five seconds and can leave a quick review. And this helps future people just like you find us. And most everyone understands the Amazon thing because you don't want to be the guinea pig. And yet I heard about all oh, during COVID when those paper towel and toilet paper was bad. I heard about this person who spent a couple hundred bucks on these paper towels and oh, they were a joke. They were super small and just awful. And no one wants to be that person that overpays for junk. And so they understand that. And then you can get from Google Business Profile a link that you can text or email. And then you can do that right then. Strike while the iron is hot. And they're way more likely to fill it out. That's genius right there. That's awesome. Yeah. To me, the the link to, like we mentioned earlier, that link was in that example that I told you about the uh, thank you cards. For the listeners out there, that link is what was set up for that QR code. So that when people would take a picture with that QR code, that link would pop up and it would take them right to the Google reviews. And again, like to me, I think that goes along the lines of what you're saying, Ezra, is the making it as simple as possible, as easy as possible for those people to, to leave those reviews. But I love your idea there about the Amazon. I never thought about that way. That's smart. 
the thing you have to remember is people are busy and they don't care about your business as much as you do. And so that's why you reduce friction, make it as easy as possible. Another way that can help is follow up. So along the same lines, there's times that I've asked people, hey, would you fill it out? They say, oh yeah, I'll get on out there. And people are busy, they forget. And if I see, okay, in a week or two, uh, they haven't, I'll just say, hey, I just check and have you had a chance to leave that review yet? And if they say no, I'll say, oh, no problem. Let me send you another link here. But you say, this sounds like a lot of work, but these are gold. And I've had people fill it out and sometimes they'll say, oh, I left one. And if that's the case, then I leave it because there's times customers will leave a review and it won't post. There's nothing you or they can do about it. It's just Google's policy. If they don't think it's genuine or for whatever reason, they'll flag it and you just can't do anything. It's just price of the good doing business. So, and there's other platforms that you can use to automate that. There's one called, I think, Nice Job. Now you're going to pay $70, $90 a month for that, but that is something that can be used. One thing I would note, if you use a platform like that, don't collect reviews on their platform, in my opinion, because part of the benefit of Google reviews is people trust Google. They do. And one note on that, I think on every page of your website, you should have reviews, but please never, ever, ever, ever type out your reviews. And the reason why is you and I, hopefully, well, I'm going to, and I hope everyone listening is honest enough to never type out an untrue review. But your customers who come to your website, they don't have that trust built in yet. And so if you just type out a review, they don't know if on your lunch break, you just typed out 10. But if you can link to Google and have that Google emblem, they can click through. So they say, okay, this is a real link. This isn't someone being deceitful. Then that just builds trust because people do, for the most part, you know, we may not agree with every policy Google has, but you trust the product because that's why you're using it. And so if you can in some ways piggyback off that trust that can help build social credibility. So Ezra too, along the lines of the reviews, do you recommend that if somebody leaves your review, you go in and acknowledge that on these different platforms and and tell them thank you? Or if there's a a bad review, do you recommend replying to those? Yes, on both. You always want to reply to everyone as quickly as possible. Because not only does that show the customers, hey, this person's paying attention, but it also shows Google, hey, this person is engaged on this profile. And second, on the negative reviews, obviously, if you made a mistake, you should acknowledge that and say, hey, you know, we're sorry. Never, ever attack your customer. And the reason why is when I look at reviews, I always look, first of all, at the number. If there's two, it was probably their grandma and them or their brother. (laughs) But if there's 50, you know, If there's a pattern of negative ones that I say, okay, you know what? This isn't a fluke. This isn't this angry customer who, or the neighbor or that two grass clippings got on their car. You know what I'm saying? But respond. If you're wrong, take the blame. Try to fix it, obviously. And just say, you know what? This isn't our normal procedure. Keep it cordial, short. But I would respond. And when people look at that, they say, you know what? Maybe they did make a mistake, but they're not harassing them and they're moving on. So I agree. I think that's that's very smart. You have to get back to the customers right away. And and you you are going to have bad reviews or somebody does something silly, like you said. And I think it's it's just part of the business. And I think to me, even if you get like three star or four star, to me, it's a little more honest review. If you see all five stars, it's, right, right. to me, as a as just a consumer, I start to question that. Is that something that you find as well? Yeah, that's why those even a negative review sprinkled in every now and then, like you said, it does build trust. Now, if you have all five stars, I wouldn't sweat over it and say, oh, 
I need to get a negative one. I would not sweat there, but <laughs> it's just part of the game. If people realize you can't please everyone. So Ezra, I know we were talking about the the Google business profile earlier and how it incorporates the Google reviews. Do you find it's very important for landscapers to fill out the Google business profile and get it all completed all the way through? Is that important for the Google rankings? It's important for Google rankings and also to be found. I actually told you an example about someone, Adrian, Michigan, who was literally five to 10 minutes outside of town. And when I literally typed his business name into Google and the town where he serviced, he could not be found. And so I realized that his service area did not encompass that. And so once we got that started, then we were finally able to get him to be found, not just literally typing it in this small little local town right by his service area. One thing I think many people don't realize, it's very simple to really set it up and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's usually like a little diagram up there that shows you like how far of, you know, you've completed setting up everything. Is there anything else that you recommend in the Google business profile that they set up? Yes, I recommend that you post at minimum to start with six to 10 pictures and then be posting at least one a month. And then also in the update feature, you need to be at minimum once a month, keeping that fresh with a picture and an offer. And then something that's often overlooked is the product section. Now, as a service business, we are not selling a product technically, but our service is a product. So I recommend putting in, if you do lawn care, lawn care, if you do landscaping, landscaping, and then include in that description the keywords that you're trying to rank for. And all of these things are just brick by brick adding value to help you be found more. Yeah, I think that's smart. One thing I was reading about and said to incorporate like FAQs, is that something that you found through your experience as well, adding those type of things? That would just be the added 1% that hasn't seemed to be a big, I guess, mover one of the largest things that we've kind of ad nauseum kind of went over, but is, is the reviews. And I'll just touch back on that as well. Sure. Now I know too, you and I were, when we were chatting before that you were said that, you know, if a person doesn't have a website that Google does have their own uh, website builder in there, is that something that you'd recommend if somebody doesn't have any website can't, you know, they don't have the funds to kind of get started. Is that something that you recommend? Yes. That is something that takes just a few minutes to set up and it's definitely worthwhile. And, that is not something that we kind of do as much anymore, but for the very small business, it's just one page, very simple, but it uses that Google profile and just kind of cannibalizes it to make a one page website. So if you just started, that's a great website. If you're offering different services, I don't think I'd recommend that. It's hard to tell a story through that and also showcase your different services. But if you're just starting, it's just a no brainer. You need to have something. Do you recommend, even if you have a website, to have that one filled out as well, or no, is it not that important? Well, it, it's attached to a domain, and its only value is a website, so it's really only one or the other. So okay. you can't really have both at the same time, if that makes sense. But if you don't have a website, then you need to get that set up. And domains, which is basically what your website is called, they're very cheap. Mm -hmm. If you've never done it before, it costs anywhere from 12 to $20 a year, unless you're trying to get a fancy name, which I don't recommend it. Some people get caught up in, oh, what's my business name going to be called? And I was actually just telling my brother the other day, he's like, you know, what does Green Frog, and that's my business name, Green Frog Web Design, have to do with web design? And I said, well, what does an Apple have to do with computers? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> it's what they did after they chose the name. Now, obviously, if you're a lawn care company, you don't want to call yourself top-notch roofing. 
that doesn't make sense. There is some natural um, pathways that you should follow. But in all reality, branding is what you do after you pick your name, not always before. Yeah, that's that's, that's smart. I never thought about that way with Apple. Yeah, does it have anything to do with computers <laughs> or phones or anything like that? Well, the other thing I know we were chatting about earlier was helping you stand out from other businesses. And and you referred to this in our last conversation as the purple cow effect. And you mind elaborating about that and let everybody out there know what the purple cow is? The purple cow is a book written by Seth Godin. I believe it was released in 2003. And the basic premise of the book is he and his family were over driving in Europe and they were looking out the window and they saw these beautiful green hills with cows spotted them and they just were ooing and aahing and enjoying it as of course as we all would. When in half an hour, he noticed that the cows were still there, the hills were still green, it was still beautiful, but no one was noticing. And at that moment, he realized, you know what? What if when they were driving along, all of a sudden they saw a purple cow? Not only would his family stop and take notice, but they would tell others. And as a business, people are used to, well, maybe not in the lunk industry as much, but reliability, getting things that are decent. And so as a business, we're going to have to do something to stand out. Now, in the lawn care industry, it's a little bit easier because our competition, unfortunately, <laughs> that's a low bar. <laughs> but, you know, there's things that we can do to stand out as a business. And one of the things that I recommend is having a uniform, even if it is simple as just going and someone that did a good job of this is Yellow Hat Mower is out of Syracuse, New York, and he'll just wear like a yellow shirt every day. It's just something simple and a yellow hat, obviously. <laughs> but something simple as to branding, building brand recognition. Now, we would have at Maple Leaf Mowing a red shirt and uh, khaki pants predominantly. And then we had something called a metal business card. And it's literally metal. And I showed you an example, Scott. And it is kind of the size of a credit card. But when you pick it up, it feels heavier. So as soon as you pick it up, you notice the difference. And literally, I had people, I had one lady that looked at it and she says, what do I do with this? Do I scan it? Like... She just was just flabbergasted. What is this? And most business cards, you give it to someone, they kind of crumple it in their pocket. And then when they go inside, they throw it out. I was just talking to another podcast the other day and he was like, oh man, it's been months ago. I took him out for lunch there in Dallas, Andrew Martinez. And he's like, yeah, I still got that. And I know right where it is in my house. It just so, you know, got his attention that he didn't get rid of it. And that's all part of just being different as a business in a positive way. So that not only people are going to remember you, but are going to want to tell their friends about it. I just see, and even like our Facebook groups, people find it hard to express that value and to come across different. I think these are some, to me, some genius ideas on how to stand out. Just the uniforms, that, that to me, that's that's a huge one. Like you said earlier, you have a fly-by-night company that comes pulling up. And the, like you said, the cigarettes hanging out, the dashboard's full of garbage and paperwork or whatever and just looks like a mess and to me that's that's a huge way to stand out and you don't need the fanciest truck you don't necessarily need a huge decal trailer to be honest on mine that was one of the things that i was going to do before i moved but i purposely didn't put phone numbers on my truck i purposely didn't do that because i wanted people to find me online and the reason why was i wanted them to see my reviews i wanted them to see my website I wanted them to build connection so that I wasn't trying to sell the people that came. They were pre-sold. And that's one thing that online marketing can do for you is pre-sell the customer before they ever get there. I think of a website like a filter. The tire kickers that are going to come in the top, they're going to say, wow, you know what? This guy is probably not going to be the cheapest guy around. When people would call, I would literally tell them, you know what? 
I'm probably not the cheapest guy around. If that's what you're looking for, then we're probably not going to be the right fit. And that was okay with me if some people said, you know what, that's not for me. Because if that was what they're looking for, I wasn't. But the people that wanted that would not have stuck around. But the people who say, you know what, I'd rather pay a little bit more for quality for someone I can call to that's going to speak in English, that's going to, or it's fine if they can speak something else, but you know, I can talk to them. They're going to be kind. They're going to show up. I'm not going to be worried about them stealing something from my backyard. All of these things matter and help to build a great business. Yeah, that's smart. Do you have any other ideas or anything that you can see or from your experience that other landscapers can use to express that value and to express the the quality of work that they do and stand out and be the purple cow? One thing that I've recently been getting into is uh, email marketing. And you may say, okay, as a lawn care company, why does that matter? Well, what if you had 500 customers and that's possible on your email list? Because obviously there is churn, that's normal. And instead of spamming them with every week or huh, hopefully not every day, don't do that. But you're sending them something of value. Like every week, what if you sent them a local business that you are highlighting? What if you sent them the local weather, the local sports team, perhaps, I don't know, whatever, in your local town, the high school is going on. You're adding value to them. And if you sent that once a week, 5,000, now let me get my calculator, I'm about to tell you wrong. Okay, if you had 500 subscribers and you sent them 52 weeks a year, that's a gross list of touch points, 26,000 touch points. Now, even if you had a half open rate. That's 13,000 touch points a year. And then maybe once a month, if you just sent them an update, hey, this is the service that's going to help you this coming month, this season, whether it's leaf cleaning, it's fall aeration, if you're up north, snow removal, and you're building trust with all these people, this is another way. It is time consuming. It does cost a little bit, not the subscription, but either uh, you're taking the time or hiring somebody. But I recently heard that it takes 27 touch points to sell to somebody. And I could I could see that. There's companies I've seen many times before I ever bought. Oh, what if your landscape company had 13,000 touch points this year? How could that help your business? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think even go along with the touch points is like you said, you have you know red shirts. To me, that stands out a little bit different than, you know, some other, but, you know, just on a ratty, tatted shirt that's you know torn or whatever when you see that red shirt like oh i i know that company that's that's maple leaf and that to me that's part of the branding that we talked about earlier and and this online presence i guess so i think that's that's smart anything else that you can think of that landscapers can use those are kind of the main points off the top of my head here i didn't i wrote down some of the other questions but didn't have as many for that obviously having a good website oh answer your phone That's a good yeah, one. Whether you have to pay someone else to do it or you do it. I, I told you about, I recently tried to get a photographer. I called 10. Most of them didn't get back with me, one or two. Mm-hmm. And it was so frustrating because I'm like, okay, is it that hard to ask for? I want to pay you. Like, you're <laughs> obviously not doing a good job with your business. Yeah. No, I, those are key ones. The Answering the phone is huge. And I see that over and over again. We just had a, did a podcast on this and at our fire station, I had to call and get some uh, epoxy floors done. And so we wanted to get an epoxy floor done. And I called three different companies, well, and I called more than three different companies. Only three people responded to me, I should say. And it's just amazing. And it's not just the lawn care industry. It's contractors are all around the world that just don't get back to you. And it's it's so, so important. Um, one thing I wanted to uh, kind of talk about, now you have your, your Green Frog web design. I'd love for you to share a little bit you know, about your business and, and what you guys do a little bit different than other companies out there. 
Yeah, so we have a no-brainer offer. I remember when I had my painting company, I was looking around for a web designer and I was just so frustrated. Well, problem there too is they wouldn't get back with me and that was frustrating. And then when they did, they wanted to charge thousands of dollars before I saw any results. And that's okay, but I was like, okay, I, I don't trust these people. And then they wanted to charge thousands of dollars after that or hundreds, pardon me, per month. And they couldn't explain to me what kind of value they were going to give. And so we've charged for the first month, $1, $1. And then we guarantee to have your website done in three weeks or less, or it's free for a year after you get those photos back to us. So literally you're going to see your website completed for $1. You can't go buy nice. hardly a stick of gum for a dollar, but you're <laughs> going to get a professionally designed website for a dollar. And you say, okay, how can you do that? Well, we're fronting the cost really on our end. We're spending hours getting that design, talking on the phone with you, getting those photos uploaded, et cetera, because our whole business model is based on your long-term success. I talked to someone the other day, he's paying $1,400 a month. And if he wants a new page designed, they're going to charge him $1,000 more a month. And he's locked in a contract. He doesn't even want to keep working with them. So our model is you can cancel anytime. I had some the, the other day, their business was struggling going into fall. They canceled after the first month. So I, it actually cost me money to design that. And he asked me, what do I owe you? I said, nothing. Now, obviously, I can't do that continually. I would, if, if people signed up and did that, I would honor that. But our business model is based on your long-term success. So we don't lock you into any crazy contracts and then say, well, you're toast. Just keep paying us. We make money by helping you over the long term. Nice. I know you have three different types of plans in, in your, uh, your web design company. You mind sharing a little bit about those and what they are? Yeah. So we have the pro plan. So this is for kind of the newer business, one to four pages. Uh, and that's $1 for the first month. And then $1.99 after that. And what you're going to get included in that is free domaining, free hosting. And you say, okay, what is hosting? So I illustrated it to like a bookshelf. So if you go to the bookshelf, the domain name is the title of the book. But then you're going to need somewhere for the book to rest. And so that hosting is where your website is going to rest until someone comes and picks it off the bookshelf or types in that or finds it on Google and they pull it off the bookshelf per se. And so it has to have somewhere, no matter if you do it or if someone else does, hosting, you just have to do it. So what's included in that is free and limited updates. So if you say, hey, this picture changed, we're no longer offering the service, can we update this? All of those things are included at no extra cost than your domain name, your hosting, and then the boost plan, that in, that's four to six pages. And some of the offerings have just changed here recently, but your pages can increase. And then also your added bonuses. And then we have the platinum plan, which includes more pages as well. It also includes the Google Workspaces, one free Google Workspaces. And then there's several other things. And so it's just kind of increasing value. And our goal is to continually be adding value. And so what you're getting is more in value than what you're paying. Sounds like a, a great, great deal. I love that you have unlimited updates and stuff because I think that's huge. And like you mentioned, some of these other companies out there charging for all this stuff. So that's an amazing, amazing deal. Thank you for doing that for everybody in the industry. <laughs> and that's kind of my goal. I, I recognize the frustration of it. And as I looked around, it didn't seem like there was anyone that was really doing a good job. And so we're trying to fill that gap. I think that's that's huge. So Ezra, for those that are interested in learning a bit more about you know yourself or, or learning about getting some web design done, how can uh, everybody find out about you? Sure. 
The best place to go is greenfrogwebdesign.com. And if you're like me and don't like spelling, you can just type in I love my frog.com and that'll take you right there. Nice. <laughs> I like that. See, that's a unique thing. <laughs> that's that purple cow. <laughs> that's the goal. So Ezra, no, thank you very much for being on the show today. Um, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with and something that they need to do or that you recommend to kind of get going on? Sure. Send out today at least one request for a Google review. And if you don't have that, ask someone on another platform to leave a review and tell someone thank you today. Love it. Love it. Well, Ezra, thank you very much for being on the show. It's great to have you here. And I look forward to uh, to working with you and talking to you in the future about this because I think it's it's something that's needed in this industry. I see so many people say, I don't need a website. And I totally disagree with that. I think that like Ezra here has the right mindset and, and the right thoughts on and getting it set up. And I, I love your process here. So Ezra, thank you very much for everything you do for the industry. And thank you for uh, providing these great services to everybody. Well, thanks, Scott. It was great to get to know you and to t- help talk to your audience today. All right, Ezra. Well, thank you again and hope you have a great day. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. That's a wrap on another exciting episode here of the Millionaire Landscaper Podcast. Now, thank you for joining us on this journey and thank you for being a member of our community. Remember our motto, do it dirty means just get started and not be afraid of making mistakes. We honestly believe this is one of the keys to the success in this industry and in life. Now, if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a moment, head over to Apple and leave us a review. Your support helps us reach more listeners and bring even more value to the show. Until next time, keep doing it dirty and grow your business to new heights.